0: the Travel and Transformation Show with me, your host, Sophia, and my guest today is Heather Gale. She's a body image coach. So Heather, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you became a body image coach, and maybe like the journey leading up to that? Yeah, of course. So
1: yes, I am a body image and embodiment coach. And I help women with negative body image and disordered eating feel free and at home in their own skin. And I really, I came across this because I had disordered eating ever since I was a kid. And I even had an eating disorder. And I really just did not like my body. And I was like, man. I see all these people on social media, like, it looks like they love themselves, the way they look, and their bodies. Like, why can't I be like that? So I originally started with self-love, and over time, I realized self-love is not the thing, it's not the goal, it's a tool, so that you can be the living, breathing thing of what it is that you
0: want. and yeah well go ahead I don't want to interrupt yet (laughs) (laughs) although I guess I just did but okay (laughs) it's totally
1: fine and yeah so it was over time that I really tried working with like self-love and mindset and I realized I was trying to think my way into loving myself
0: which is kind of ridiculous. Okay, see, now <laughs> there, there it is. Because I was like, well, the whole self-love thing, I'm really down with that. So where's she going with it? So I, I get what you're saying now.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so
0: many people think this
1: way too. They're like, let me think my way into loving myself. Let me think my way into loving myself. But it's, it's a feeling and it's actions. And so when I really got that concept, that's when... I really started getting more like out of like mindfulness meditation and more like energy work chakra meditation and really working with my energy and then using my mind as the tool so that I can have the sustainable emotions, feelings about myself that I really wanted to have.
0: Okay. So you're going to have to take me just a little bit deeper with that. So how did um, changing your energy help? And then when you say using your mind as a tool, how do they work together? So with the energy,
1: one of the things I realized is we have it a little bit backwards because we... Tend to think like, oh, I am my mind, I am my mind, but our we're really a soul having a human experience. We are energy at our core. Mm -hmm. And so when we work with cleansing and clearing out the blockages, the things that are preventing us from being that clear channel, that flowing energy that we want to be we start to feel shifts immediately and the mind, while it's amazing and it allows us to do so many beautiful things in this life. One of the things I realized is the mind is a tool. So using like affirmations, journaling, for example, those are tools that we use to try to, what's the word I'm thinking, I guess, cultivate and build upon the energy shifts that we've already made through doing chakra work, more specifically is my avenue.
0: (laughs) Okay, (laughs) so how did you even get into doing chakra work and allowing that energy to flow? Oh,
1: oh, that's so good. Yeah, so I started with meditation. It's like the gateway drug for everybody, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I guess you could call it your spiritual gateway drug. Sure.
1: (laughs) And so I started with meditation and then one day, bless social media, I came across someone known as the chakra girl and she had a chakra meditation. And so I tried it out and I said, Oh, okay. Like, Let's try this out. I can do meditation and don't really know much about chakras. Kind of like lightly heard about them when I was doing yoga, but didn't really do anything with them. Okay. And it was really like a chakra detox. So it was like a five day course where you worked on all seven of your bodily chakras. And so the first day was a root chakra meditation where you pull up energy from the earth. And it was, like, (laughs) mind-blowing. I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even know I could feel this good. And I felt so grounded. And I was, I was like, I had never felt so present in my body. And it was just this amazing feeling. And then all of a sudden, because I was never actually safe in my body, then all of a sudden I started feeling anxious. And I'm like, oh my god, what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and so I started Googling, and it was like, Oh, your nervous system is shot. But if you keep doing the chakra work, you'll
0: start to feel better. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I kept going. <laughs> so then would you say that one of the First things people need to do um, is to find a way to feel safe in their body
1: absolutely yes yes and so many people especially people with body image insecurities body shame they tend to have a more like escapist leaving defense mechanism because for some reason they don't feel safe in their bodies they don't feel at home in their bodies and so when i'm working with my clients we the very first thing we do is let's work on the root chakra let's work on getting you feeling safe and grounded and also bringing in the crown chakra so we bring in that universal trust and support and unconditional love so that you can feel it more within yourself
0: so, as you're okay sorry i'm gonna interrupt so- you right now no, I'm, I'm done <laughs> now <laughs> no because i'm just wondering if if you can give an example of how it might manifest if you're not feeling safe in your body. Ooh.
1: I mean, I think the example that just shows up time and time again for most people is you get in relationships that are what we deem toxic.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Because we attract that energy to us. So even... Though it's chaotic and we say we don't want it, that's what we're putting out there. And so we attract these partners that we don't actually feel safe
0: with. And so then you're saying that when you're attracting partners that you don't feel safe with, that's kind of a reflection of you not feeling safe in your body? Or is it more like you're not feeling safe in your, well, in your ability to discern what's good for you or I mean like what is you is your complete take on it because I'm I don't want to put words in your mouth I want to know what you're thinking
1: (laughs) I mean I would say it's both of those for sure like you when you don't feel safe in your body you have a difficult time trusting yourself and trusting others as well and so we attract that into our lives as much as
0: we don't want it that's what we attract <laughs> <laughs> well i guess the uh when you're looking at it from i guess a law of attraction standpoint it's like if that's the thing that's the vibration that you're giving out that's the feeling that you're constantly having even though it's a subconscious or some might say unconscious deal you're saying yes more of that because that's what I'm putting out and that's what I'm getting back. But at this point, I don't, I want to point out that it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there's not a blame game happening here. I just want to, you know, let the listeners know, nobody's blaming you um, or blaming anybody. It just, because it is unconsciousness coming from your subconscious mind, it's just something that it's being reflected back to you. So, Mm When you start looking at it from that standpoint, then it's like, okay, what is this teaching me <laughs> as opposed to, I I was born with a bad picker because <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that a lot. <laughs> Actually, I might have said it to type or to myself <laughs> as opposed to what is this really teaching me and what is it? reflecting but then because you know it's really I think it's really hard though when you hear that because then it's like okay so I'm to blame for all the shit that's going on in my life and no that that's definitely not true I mean there is there is reality there's what is happening and then but there's also energy because we are all energy and we admit different frequencies and like when you're tuning into a radio station, sometimes, you know, like before everything was digital, you had analog and sometimes you get stuck between stations. And I think that's kind of what happens when you're, your energy is a little bit off, you get stuck between stations and then something weird comes in. Because even now with everything digital, so I like to listen to the radio. I don't always have, a. I don't have serious radio or any of that good stuff. So Sometimes if I'm driving long distances and I forget to bring my music, you, you're listening, you're listening, and then it fades out, fades out. And then all of a sudden there's some different kind of music. It's like, this is not what I started out with. <laughs> so. Yes.
1: I love that analogy so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yeah, because we all start as these beautiful, unique, magnificent beings that never question whether we love ourselves. We don't think there's anything wrong with us because there isn't anything wrong with us. But then there's all these external things that happen and they and they keep saying this is what's wrong with you. This is what's wrong with you. This is what's wrong with you. And it's like I, well, if people keep telling me that that's what's wrong
0: with me, then I guess it's true. Right. (laughs) Especially if it starts off young and Mm -hmm. then, you know, then you create these belief systems because your authority figures are telling you something and you're like, well, I guess I have to believe them because, you know, they're my authority figures. If they say it, it must be true. Then you get Mm -hmm. these, you internalize it and you get these belief systems. And then you just keep building upon them until one day you're an adult. And you're like, well, I'm going to say it. Fuck. <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> you know, because you just don't know how all this stuff is going to manifest. And then you wake up and you realize, in your case, dang, I got an eating disorder or dang I'm addicted to sugar and I didn't even realize it but you know I self-soothe with sugar or I was taught that you know you're celebrating here's a cookie you feel bad here's a cookie mm-hmm. <laughs> you did something good here's a cookie so <laughs> every time you're thinking okay feel good cookie feel bad cookies <laughs> things are shitty today cookie right Oh and then God. you look at yourself and you're like, okay, cookies aren't good. So maybe I should purge the cookie or maybe I should just stop eating cookies and everything else. And I'll have a carrot and, and that should solve the problem without actually understanding what the root issue is. And then with your work with chakras, you start at the root chakra to to ground and, and feel safe, because that's where all the survival lives.
1: Mm-hmm. It's And it's so much more than that, too. Everybody's like, safety, groundedness, survival. Yes, to all of that. Yes. But the reason we feel safe and grounded from the root chakra is because it's also has the keys and codes to our abundance, our personal power, our purpose our like DNA ancestors and our soul's past lives and generational trauma and generational gifts. And it's like, when we're disconnected from all of that, especially our own personal power, we don't feel safe. We don't feel grounded. We're like,
0: who and what even am I? Right. So well, I'm, and I'm just making this assumption, so please correct me if I'm wrong, but because there are seven and they sort of, uh, I don't know, make a <laughs> a column up the center of your body, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, do you just work on them one at a time? So starting at the root and then moving up, sacral, um, solar plexus, heart, throat. Third eye, crown, do you do it sort of like in that order or do you do it out of order or is it more of an individual thing to see where that person is blocked? How do you, how does that work?
1: So, well, so with my, like with my private clients and my coaching, it's very strategic. We start with, we simultaneously work on the root and the crown because we want to get that universal support, unconditional love that comes in through the crown, Mm -hmm. but also the rooting and the grounding and our personal power and our personal truth from our root chakra. And then we also, there's also these two chakras below our feet and above our feet or above our head. Mm -hmm. And so the one below our feet is called our earth star chakra. And that's more of like, I like the name is like the earth's, Heartbeat. Okay. And yeah. And it's that's where like the really deep like rooting and grounding comes from. And it's also healing from the earth. You learn about your own healing abilities. Like so much of our soul's like memory bank is in the earth star chakra. Hmm. And so we also bring in some of that to get that really deep like rooting from the earth as well to get that additional support and then the soul star chakra is i like to think of it as like that's where our soul likes to hang out (laughs) okay (laughs) and it's about a foot and a half above our head and it it has the same purpose as the earth star chakra but it's more like your quantum self is there so It's like when you have access to your soul star chakra, you are your past, present, and future self all at once. Okay. (laughs) And so we bring in a little bit of that too. And this is like all within the first month. It's uh, working with me privately is for three months. And so it's all within the first month because we really want to ground in the transcendence of I am. So, like, I am already healed. I already love myself. I am already there to make it easier for the things that don't align with that to fall away. And for us to listen to our intuition a little more. And then we go into the sacral and the throat. And I always work with the third eye in every, a little bit in every area because our third eye, while it's our intuition, it's also our perception of ourselves and our reality. Okay. Yeah. Our third eye is like the builder of our reality. So when you work on the internal landscape, your external landscape reflects that and so but the sacral and the throat that's more like where we kind of get into the shadow work because if there's blockages in the sacral you will feel blame shame guilt all the i should haves could haves would haves <laughs> and the throat is where our potential lives and so when we work with the throat and the sacral together and to bring a little bit of human design into it there are a lot of people that have their throat and their sacral connected Mm -hmm. which is like their words literally manifest their reality right and so yeah, we're the sacral. That's that's our creative energy. That's our like so much of our like feminine wisdom and feminine power is in there, and that's really it's our emotional ocean within. When we have that stuck energy, which emotion is energy in motion, it kind of starts to pull up. Right in our, as I like to call it, um, that little pooch where we like to keep our extra cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and it get, it gets stuck there. I mean, it can physically manifest as excess weight if you don't allow the energy to flow, which that definitely happened to me. But, yeah, it's just... I think it's really important to ground in yourself and your personal power before getting into the shadow work. Because if you start doing the shadow work and you start working on your traumas before you feel even a little bit safe in your body, I think that's what causes
0: people to stop. Mm. Because they're like, I'm
1: not safe here.
0: Right. So, okay. And... Because my audience is at all different levels of transformation and just explain a little bit about, because you kind of touched on a little bit when you said traumas, but when you say shadow work, what are you talking about? Because I know before I got into all of this, I'd hear people talking about shadow work all the time and it was like, don't know what you mean and moving on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> totally so
1: oh man there's there's so many different interpretations of shadow work out there and yeah I think oh man it's so hard to No, to just give us your
0: your interpretation
1: yeah my interpretation is that when we experience a trauma. What happens is there's an energetic leak in our field. And so, and this isn't to like scare people. Don't worry, it's not scary. But like (laughs) this like dark entity kind of like comes in through that energetic leak and like attaches itself to us. And so for me, shadow work, is talking to that dark entity that attached to that trauma mm-hmm. which i like to think of our trauma as like um like if you were to have like multiple beings living within within you your mm-hmm. trauma is just like one being of yourself
0: okay and
1: so It helps me to visualize like, oh, it's a dark entity and an actual visual of it. And the shadow work really at its core is finding that dark entity, that shadow. Some people call them demons. I don't get that extreme. Eh, Talking to it with love and asking, you know, I think the most important questions are, who are you? Mm -hmm. How long have you been here? Mm -hmm. And what are you here to teach me?
0: Okay. So I want to repeat those questions again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Of course. So when you get to that dark entity, who are you? How long have you been here? What are you here to teach me? Okay,
0: And so when you're asking those questions, like, are you asking them just to yourself and then you're journaling? Are you asking them in the mirror? Are you just randomly asking and seeing what comes up? Or is it during a meditation? Like how in 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 your work or in your perception or in your experience? How are those questions best answered?
1: Hmm. It really depends on the person. So for me, I like to either get into a, a deep meditation, and it's about 15 minutes, and it's it's included with this visualization of kind of hypnosis a little bit, and I'm going like down into my subconscious, unconscious mind. And I visualize that I'm in this bright hallway Mm -hmm. and at the end of the hallway is the life that I want. And I can see everything that's happening that I want, but it feels like there's something blocking me from having what it is that I desire. And so I call what it is that's blocking me forward. And then I see like this dark entity, and it might look like a person, or it might just look like a black silhouette. It depends. It you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I see both. It you know, and so then I go and I talk to it. I'm facing it, and I talk to it like it's my child self with love, okay. and I and I ask, "Who are you?" How long have you been here? Oh, an important question. What are you protecting me from?
0: Oh, okay. There's a good one. Mm
1: -hmm. And um, let's see. Who are you? How long have you been here? What are you protecting me from? And then I say, we're being called to ascend. And I love you. Thank you for protecting me. But right now the light is available and it is safe for you to go into the light. Hmm. And, okay. And so I visualized this light kind of like if anyone here has ever seen Stargate Atlantis, like that little portal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I, and I actually like grabbed the dark entity by the hand And I lead it to like that portal of light and the portal of light, like is outside of my aura, by the way. And, you know, sometimes it needs a little bit of coaxing and you say it's safe. It's safe. The light is safe. I've got you. And you lead it to the light and you let go and you watch it step through the light. And once it's in the light, literally watch it transform from that shadow into a, a light being or what whatever comes to you, right? Your mm-hmm. Your intuition will always show you the right thing. And then once it's in the light, well, first you ask, are you fully in the light? Because sometimes it wants to hang out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's not fully in the light, then you, from your heart, send out love and command with your sovereignty and love go into the light the rest of the way and push it in and then once it's fully in the light you ask what is the higher perspective what is it that you were teaching me and then you'll receive the answer and then you kind of slowly like Um, bring yourself back, but before you do, because now you've freed up all this space, right? Mm -hmm. So then ask your guides, um, angels, the universe, light beings, you know, whatever terminology you like to use to send down a cleansing, clearing, white light that will detach any like attachment to the entity that might still be there Mm -hmm. but also cleanse and clear and fill fill your body the free space with light okay yeah and then then you open your eyes and wipe your tears I always cry when I do this so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah and drink drink your water and you know take it take it easy for the rest of the day
0: sounds like a very beautiful process to go through
1: it it is there there are shorter versions but when i'm like ooh you know what there's something that i really need to there's something deep that i need to let go of i do that um you can also get into a quick meditation I like to like have one hand on my heart and one hand on my sacral which for people that don't know that's like your lower you're a woman that's your womb space (laughs) it's the easiest way to say it and just breathe and kind of like talk to those energy centers and then ask like the questions you know is there anything that's blocking me from what I desire and go through the questions again, who, what What are you protecting me from? How long have you been protecting me? What are you here to teach me? And you can journal those out. Um, some people can just do, can do visualizations and they're done. They're good. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's dependent on each person. I'm not a huge journaler, so that doesn't do it as
0: much for me. Mm-hmm. And I I, I kind of am a huge journaler. I yeah. like to I well when things like that happen, I kinda like to document it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, on this date I did this thing. And here's how I felt, here's what happened, whatever, whatever, yada, yada. And that feels good for me because then I'm that's kind of my way of releasing it out of my head. And putting it somewhere else so now I've also freed up headspace because I spend well and for me too and people like me who spend a lot of time in their head thinking about things analyzing things overanalyzing things and so on and so forth it's easy it's easy for me to just okay I need to free up some space right now yeah let me just dump it into the journal (laughs) free this space up and you know, then now I have space for something else.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then I mean, I'm I think that might also work too for people who they aren't very visual. Mm-hmm. So if you feel, if you're a person who feels stuff,, uh, that could work for you, I think, as well, you know, or if you pretend or imagine that it's happening. That can make it more real for you. Because I know, like, I've worked with a lot of people who they're just not very visual. You know, so when you tell them to visualize something, they're like, I don't see anything. It's like, mm-hmm. can you feel it? You know, and oh, yeah, I can feel that. Or can you pretend or imagine? And we all have that ability to pretend or imagine. Because I haven't met a kid yet who didn't know how to play pretend. Mm -hmm. or imagine something so I think sometimes at that point it's just like okay you have to tap in to that kid and it's like yeah I can imagine that I can pretend that that's going on yeah
1: definitely definitely I used to not be someone who could visualize And then it was like working with my third eye and activating it. Then all of a sudden I could visualize. And I said, oh, this is what people were talking about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But then it took, did it take a lot of practice for you? Or was it something that kind of happened immediately? Um, hmm. How long? Yeah. How long did it take?
1: Uh, A lot of it actually had to do with, because I did a lot of guided stuff. Lot guided meditations it had to do with the pace the cadence of the practitioner had to do with their voice were they actually able to get me to drop in Mm -hmm. or not right and I think like even now I will record myself (laughs) and then listen to myself and guide myself through it Because if I'm sitting there trying to think, okay, what's the next thing to do? What's the next thing to do? What's the next thing to do? I can't drop in. I can't visualize.
0: Because you're stuck in your head. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So that actually sounds like a good practice because my next question was going to be, what are some, some ways that women can increase positive body image? So it sounds like maybe one of the ways you can do that is if you're going to go through a process like this or any other process, record yourself and then listen back to it so that you can fully be present in the experience. Mm -hmm. But do you have like any other, I don't know, exercises or thoughts on how somebody can increase their body image? Yes, yes.
1: That, oh yeah. Dropping anything that will drop you into your body, singing, dancing, breath work, EFT tapping, anything that will have you be more present will increase your body image because or I should say like shift your body image to like a healthy one because body image, it's not really about what you look like. It's about how you view yourself and feel about yourself.
0: And I think that's an important distinction. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Because so many people in the body image space, they're like, oh, we need models that are more diverse sizing and we need this and that. And I'm like, okay, I see a woman that wears a size eight, I'm a size eight, cool, but I feel like 3% better. That doesn't actually make me feel better about the way that I look. Hmm. And how you feel better about the way that you look is, okay, doing things that you actually want to do. (laughs) (laughs) Like the exercise that you actually want to do, like me, I'm, ne- I'm never going to lift weights. I'm never going to run. I like Pilates. I like bar. I like dancing. And sometimes yoga. And that makes me feel good. And it makes me feel better because I know that that's what my body wants. That's what it actually likes. And I do it. Right? So it's like you get both of those going on.
0: Right. It just sounds like. Do stuff that feels good. Do stuff Mm -hmm. that's fun for you. Mm -hmm. Because like, I know I like to exercise sometimes, but it has to be fun. Yes. Because for me, fun is one of my core values. I like the things I do to be fun. Mm -hmm. And if I'm having a good time doing it, it's easier to continue to do it. Yes, absolutely. And.
1: I mean, there's so many things out there like people will say, oh, don't look at yourself in the mirror so much and, and it's like don't avoid the mirror is one of the things I will say. Like, don't spend a bunch of time in front of it and fixating. Like, when you start going oh, 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 I got this. Oh, these wrinkles showed up. Oh, I have this. I'm, like, when you start doing that, like, step back. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Don't avoid the mirror. Another thing that's really important, wear clothes that you actually want to wear. Like don't wear things where you're like, oh, I kind of like this and it hides my body. No, wear what you actually want to
0: wear. (laughs) Well, that is that is an important thing, because if you don't feel good in your clothes, you have a completely different energy then when you put on something that she really like you know like damn girl you look good but then you leave the house
1: <laughs> yes exactly i mean yeah that's that's the trick whatever it is that makes you feel good do it like bring out your inner child and one of the things that i do every day is i ask i'm like okay little heather will make you feel good today? What will have you feel joyful and loved? And then I spend like five, 10 minutes doing whatever that thing is.
0: Well, I am so glad you said that because that segues right into my next (laughs) question. So if there was one thing that you could tell your younger self, what would that be? Ooh,
1: that's such a good question, too. I feel like there's so many things I would tell my younger self.
0: <laughs> okay, then you don't have to pick just one.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Um, I mean, I would probably the thing that I would tell my younger self is you are safe, you are loved, and anyone who makes you feel like you aren't is not someone you should be around, is not someone you should talk to, is someone that you should say no to, and that it's okay to
0: say no. You don't always have to be, quote unquote, nice. (laughs) And that's a hard one, especially depending on how you grew up and you were expected to be nice. And if you weren't nice, then it was like, you got chastised for not being nice. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, that saying no, and and understanding that yes, no is a complete sentence (laughs) that sometimes it's a hard one, you know, as you grow up to even recognize that yes, no is a complete sentence Mm -hmm. and no means no.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. And like, I used to say no. And that was my complete sentence. And then it was like, well, I, in a very like Sagittarius fashion, I am uh, very naturally like blunt, which no
0: is blunt, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it's also tone, but yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes. I mean, when you're straight, like a lot of people would say, oh, that's blunt. It's sometimes just going no. Right. Like, and then there would be people who say, Oh, you can't do that. You have to like explain yourself. But I'd be like, I don't want to explain
0: myself. I just want to say no. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, there are, you can say no. Yeah. It is perfectly fine to say no. And there are nice ways to say no. Um, mm. That, And it's also knowing your audience who you're saying no to. And so how you can say no to them and not make them feel crappy or not make yourself feel crappy. But I mean, there is direct and some people can't really handle direct because we're not used to it. Mm -hmm. So then it has to be a whole story. And it's like, no, no, no. Sometimes you don't need the story. So I am granting permission. It's like, here's my magic wand, granting permission for people to say no. <laughs> and for us all to understand that if we ask a question, we always have to be prepared for a not yes. Uh-huh. Because I think sometimes there's an expectation that when you ask somebody for something or to do something or for whatever, that is going to be a yes. Yes. And so no comes as a shock to the system. And it's like, of course, nobody really wants to hear no. But then if we understand that when we ask a question, there's always the possibility of a not yes. And we walk in like that. Then when we hear no, it's not, it's not a personal thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something we have to take personally now. I don't know if it's personal or not, but... If you don't take it personally, (laughs) it's just a no to the question. It's not a no to you as a human Mm -hmm. or you as an individual. You know what I mean? So yeah. That's kind of my take on it. (laughs) They're rejecting
1: the offer and not you.
0: Yes. Because sometimes I have been accused of being very direct Mm -hmm. and, depending on the situation, that's what it calls for, (laughs) you know, but again, it's like understanding the whole, who am I speaking to? How's this coming across and all these other things? And is it, you know, work, personal? And the thing is, I want to be the same person everywhere, but we end up wearing all these different masks and different arenas and all this stuff. So But coming back to now, it is a full sentence. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: And, you know, it's so I mean, one of the things that was just coming to me is because I worked in education for about eight years. I worked with kids. Kids want you to be direct. That's why they are. But it's it's adults that typically tell them like, oh, I need your story. Or, oh, I'm the adult and you're the kid. You need to listen to me. Right? So no becomes unacceptable. Right. But, like, working with kids, like, me as the adult, I tell them a story so they understand. But
0: they don't have to tell me the full story. Right. And... I mean, obviously, as well as adults, we cannot go into our inner child who is two, who Mm -hmm. that's their thing. Everything is no. (laughs) Do you want to eat? No. Do you want this? No. (laughs) You know, but we can't live there either. So Mm -hmm. there is there's a balance. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because I used to work with kids, too, but toddlers and a lot of them, you know coming into well coming into their own powers like no mm-hmm. here no put that away no it's like okay no, no no it is time to put that away so because we have to go now mm-hmm. <laughs> so sometimes there's no reasoning with children and sometimes there's no reasoning with adults but a lot of that time is because we're not coming from our adult selves Right, we are coming from somewhere much younger mm-hmm. than one. But we once we recognize that, and I think that's one of the keys, is to recognize where am I coming from in this situation? How old am I? Yes. And then when you recognize how old you are, then <laughs> it's like, okay, I get that. Now let me go back to being the adult at whatever age I am currently. <laughs> Yeah. And let's handle it that way from that space with yes. all the learning that I have.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. Sometimes I have to remind myself, Heather, you're not that super insecure 15 year old anymore. <laughs>
0: right. So if there's anything that you would want to leave the audience with today, what would that be? Ooh, something other
1: than what we have been talking about.
0: Well, and it could just be a reiteration of something that we've been talking about, because you did talk about um, body image and empowerment. So and we talked a lot about the body image part. And I think as you start to have a more positive image, then you're more empowered to move forward and do different things in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, So from that perspective, what would you want to leave people
1: with? The thing that's coming up for me is, people, we always want, we're always seeking self-love. First of all, that love is already within you. And the ultimate act of self-love is to be present with yourself. And that includes all of you, your past self, your present self, your future self, to be just fully With you in all of what we label as good and bad. And if you do that, it's going to be really difficult for people to try to tell you who you should be (laughs) when you (laughs) already know.
0: (laughs) Nice. And if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? The
1: best way to get in touch with me is on Instagram. My handle is. At I am Heather Gale, spelled G-A-L-E.
0: I answer my DMs. (laughs) Nice. And do you have any programs coming up or anything that people should know about? Mm, I am currently in the
1: brainstorming stages of a small group container for women. Um. I don't have all the information on that. So that's all I'll say, but I'm constantly taking one-on-one clients.
0: Which is good. That's, that's amazing because it's nice to have that individual attention. I mean, group programs are wonderful, but having that one-on-one this, this is my time is really cool too. So Mm -hmm.
1: I love (laughs) (laughs) one-on-one.
0: Well, perfect. And now we know, where to catch you, where to find you, and that's you to answer your DMs. And sounds like we've got another podcast interview coming up when you decide what that container looks like. <laughs> so we can let my yeah. audience know. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here today. I've really enjoyed our talk. And till next time, I'll see you. Thanks again. Thank you, Sophia.